You're listening to Sunnyside Up, a B2B podcast that brings together real-world insights to help go-to-market professionals evolve and stay up-to-date on the latest trends. Join us as we bring you the best practices and proven techniques from industry experts and practitioners. Today's episode is made possible by Demandbase. Demandbase is transforming the way B2B companies go to market by enabling customers to embrace modern digital sales and marketing with a complete end-to-end suite of products. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Sunnyside Up. I'm your host, Adam Perry. I'm the VP of Revenue Enablement at Demandbase. Today, I'm pretty excited to talk about Yael's Latin We've got a specific story we want to tell you around a capacity shortage that's going to feel like an emergency when you're in the middle of it, but with a little planning, we can turn it around. So welcome, Zam. Hi there. I am so excited to be here. Well, we're happy to have you. Why don't you tell the folks a little bit about who you are and what you do so we can set a baseline? Yeah, absolutely. So hello, everyone. My name is Yael Zlatan. I am currently the Senior Director for Strategic Accounts and E-Commerce for a company named AdTaxi. We're a digital agency with locations all over the U.S. And we're, you know, our expertise are SMBs to mid-market businesses, specifically around DTC and e-commerce retailers as well. Remind me what DTC is again? <laughs> Direct to customer. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. I am. Um, I know enough about advertising to be dangerous, but I always like little reminders of the abbreviations. Also, might help our audience. Yeah. So okay. So you and I were like sitting around chatting one day, and you said, uh, "Hey, Adam, there's this problem coming up, and it's it's kind of a big deal. It's around the the shortages in shipping capacity and the disruption that's causing in the holiday season. Can you talk a little bit about?" how that has been affecting you and do you think maybe the e-commerce and advertising business in general? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's an interesting time, interesting holiday season for sure. A lot of uh, a lot of the folks that I work with day to day kind of I would want to say two months ago started asking me around, you know, what we do, what should we do? How should we behave with our advertisement money during Q4 2021, especially having things out of stock? Right. So there's a lot, a lot of supply chain disruption. We're missing this. We're not going to get our, our shipment until February. And it wasn't one person or two. It, it's across the board. I've actually been asked that almost every day now by different advertisers. How should we behave and not lose any clients, continue client acquisition, lifetime value, et cetera, when it comes to e-com and retail? Every business, there's no one industry affected. This is pretty broad. I mean, I'm seeing it everywhere yep. too. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So, been asked that. There's a lot of a lot of information coming from all different sources right now, right? It's no no secret that supply chain issues is going to affect this holiday season, especially if you are in retail and e-com. And and look, it's so it's not like advertising has gotten cheaper reacting to the news, right? Like, is it fair to say that? They know that it's the holiday season, so costs are high regardless. Is that is that a fair statement? Yeah, absolutely. So interesting, interesting times. So kind of, you know, Ecom 101. Well, this was what's going on in the next couple of months. So a lot of the advertisers who have an Ecom component to their business or retail or both, whatever, they historically relied on social media to sell their products, right? Sure. And so now we have supply chain issues. We also have some iOS issues, which is the new privacy thing going on. 
And if you guys don't know what iOS is, it's basically allowing anyone who uses Apple's device to log in into Facebook. They'll be prompt a question and they can either opt in or opt out. And thus, you're not going to be able to reach these people anymore. If they opt out. If they opt out outside yeah. of a seven-day click and one-day view window. So post seven days, you're pretty much on your own. When um, did that iOS uh, thing hit? You know, I don't remember the exact date, but sometime in April, okay. right? So this and is this is a while back. So we've been, you know, we've been laboring under this for a little while. We have, we have. And so, you know, it's been interesting looking at the advertisement cost, April, May, all the way to today, and then anticipating what will happen in the next two months. Just to give you an example, I'm just going to pick up an e-commerce brand we've been working with in the last couple of years, right? So CPMs, which is cost per 1,000 impression, kind of metric that we use to understand who's against who in the advertisement world. Sure. You know, prior to iOS, we've seen it at $20 mid-year, right? Not not competitive season. Post-iOS, it went up to 45 And then last week, when we looked at CPMs, they were over $130. Oh, Just my. Give you, so yeah. it's, a, it's you got to, you're, you're paying 200% in the as we get into the high high part of the holiday season yes and in some cases even more than that and then you can combine supply chain issues and yes you have a lot of business owners scratching their heads asking themselves what's going to be my strategy in the next couple of months right yeah i mean that's a that's a pretty big chunk of your budget especially if you think that the supply chain the actual supply end right is not going to be there that makes for some unhappy customers and not the <laughs> greatest experience okay yeah. so we were sweating I was kind of like, uh, oh boy. But you, you have some ideas, right? This is why, why we have executives on the pod. Mm-hmm. Why don't you share, you had some insight. You've been doing this for a while, so I guess it's no surprise. But why don't you share the idea that you shared with me? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's not an idea. We've been implementing it for for years now. We're just, uh, you know, now need to think a bit more outside of the box, right? So for supply chain issues, One of the things that we've been talking to our advertisers is how to treat their advertisement money and how to look at this new saga as an advantage, right? And so in a competitive market, there are a couple of things. Number one, client acquisition is super, super duper expensive. You don't get to keep your data unless you have organic triggers on site, right? And then you also need to know what you can, you know, you need to have business intelligence. Sure. And once you have all of that, you can actually look at this and you can say, listen, I'm not actually buying advertisement or media here. What I'm buying here is data. And so uh, once you bought that data, that click, if you have, you know, not, not necessarily from Facebook, because you can, you can buy a, a Facebook ad. And then if you are serving media on other platforms like Google or programmatically, you can still get that person via different ads because they once they clicked on it, they, they get to be retargeted from different platforms. And if the other platforms allow you, in some cases, you can keep that data for over a year. Wait, right? so, so I've actually got a year from the time I capture someone once to do retargeting at another time. That's like a pretty good, yeah. chunky time horizon. Yeah, and so now, now you know. Now that you know that, you kind of you you have to feel relaxed, right? So yes, I paid one hundred twenty dollars CPM on a click during the holiday season. It was expensive, but man, what I can do with that person in the next twelve months, right? I can with a little bit of business intelligence, I can really 
you know, hone on on, on that lifetime value. Even if they didn't buy from you, you can still go after these folks in January, February, March, etc. Do I have to do anything special to like get at this data? Like, is it is it provided by default or do is there like some setting like give me the year long setting, not the three month setting or something? Yeah. So in terms of collect the collecting the information. Yeah, if, if you're smart enough, you have a little pixel on your site yes. and that pixel can store your data for as long as the platform allows. Now, obviously, best practices will be don't overly trust your pixel and have some sort of a first party collection on your site, you know, an email sign up or whatever, what, however else you want to keep those audiences in your first party data so you can then upload it into channels like Facebook that will not let you keep it for very long. But nevertheless, again, go into the the start of the story, right? So you're in a very competitive market. Maybe you're missing out on a couple of products. Advertisement cost is through the roof. That shouldn't, you know, shouldn't worry anyone if you have a plan. And the plan is you are buying data. And even though it's going to cost you a little more this holiday season, you can use these clients and you can really, you know, squeeze that lemon in January, February, March, especially because we know that the cost of advertising is going to go down drastically. Do you have any insight into what it's been in like Jan, Feb and years past to give our folks like some insight into how big a savings we're talking here? So January is still pretty competitive. Yeah. You know, some, some Facebook this year called it Q5. Right. So we're still, we're still, of course they did. Yeah. We're still going to experience some competitiveness. And then up until Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day is going to go down slowly. You're going to use your first party data. And then it's going to go up again, Mother's Day, Father's Day, et cetera. It's going to, if you are in the retail realm or e-com realm, you're, you're very familiar with the dates I just mentioned. What about, do you think at all about the B2B use cases? Like a lot of companies will have their sales kickoff in Q1 of the year. Does that does that affect B2B advertising prices or, or do you think that much about B2B? You know, it's not my my head. It's not my expertise, but yeah. I, I feel like a lot of it can be, can be used by B2B. Like, you know, it's just simple logic there, right? You, yeah. you capture data and you want to use it. Now, the other side of the equation is going back to the e-com retail realm is if you're smart enough, the clicks that come in onto the site, you know, with a little bit of business intelligence, you can get rid of stock that was sitting there because you purchased it before COVID. We we have a lot of companies that have, you know, have a lot of stock that hasn't been selling because it's always about best sellers. Sure. Now, what we are finding out in the last couple of months, and this is just a new data, is that behaviors are easily affected by the outside world. And what do I mean by that? You know, folks that normally, you know, prior, let's say last year, same time, you go on to a site and you want to buy a pair of black shoes, size 10, you click on it and there's, you know, they're out of stock. And then the next thing you're going to do, you're going to hop off and you're going to look at the competitor side or Amazon or whatnot. What we are finding out is that people have become more prone to things being out of stock. So now instead of hopping off, they'll be looking at also suggested bar on the bottom of your landing page or your PDP page, your product description page, and they'll be looking at more products. Now, knowing that is, is it's huge, right? You know that the bounce off rate 
won't be as high as it used to be. People have a little bit more patience because they know there's a lot of auto stock everywhere they look. So we're seeing changing behaviors because since they know, they anticipate there's going to be a problem, they're already proactively thinking about next best option. Exactly. And so make sure, you know, retailers and e-commerce businesses should should make sure that the next best option is very close to that call to action button, right? That's yeah. going to be our best advice. Now, that's number one. Number two is if you have someone managing your feed, right? And again, step stepping back, what is a feed? A feed is a script of all the products, cues you have in store that sends it to all these different platforms that buy media for us. And then dynamically, it prospects or retargets people based on their previous behavior, right? And so today, not like 10 years ago or 15 years ago when I started in Acom, you couldn't do anything with your feed. You yeah. can segment it. You can use your business intelligence and you can say, hey, I don't want to send these people to my best sellers because they're out of stock. Let's send them to best margins. Even more than that, let's create an if and then rule that says, let's send them to the most profitable, you know, best margins in stock. And then whatever other rule, three if and then rules. And then voila, now you have paid for the click. It did cost you a little because it is competitive outside, but then they're probably going to purchase something from you because you push them to the right direction. And if you have a bunch of stock sitting in your warehouses, now is the best time to get rid of it. Yeah. Let, let me ask you this. If I am an e-tailer, I'm doing an e-commerce business, mm -hmm. and that if-then logic sounds scary to me, can I hire like a third party? Is it part of the same agency service to help me build out that logic so that, like, obviously I'm responsible for the content of my, my stock, my inventory, but in terms of like designing the play, you know what I mean? Like yeah. if then show this, is there help available there or do I, I kind of got to know what I'm doing? Oh yeah. There's a lot of help. So, you know, first of all, the company I work with, we have a whole team that does it. There are a couple of really good business intelligent tools that we use. One of them is glue. We partner with glue with Mark Piano, which is uh, the owner and it basically what it does, it puts a little script on your side and it tells you all these things. It tells you exactly who's against who. You don't need to do anything. You just need to, you know, lean back and look at the data. Yeah, that's helpful. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then agencies like us can use that information and, you know, create revenue despite the competitive marketplace. All right. Okay. So my takeaway from this is like, look, we're not going to change the underlying fundamentals of the market, right? There's going to be shortages. You're not here to say, oh, look, you know, if you do this and do that, you're, you know, Tommy's going to get the right Christmas gift um, and it's going to come in on time. But what you are saying is, hey, e-tailers, now you're thinking mostly about B2C. I think a little bit about both B2C mm -hmm. and B2B. Listen, if you're smart about your ad budget, if you're smart about the data behind your ad budget, there's opportunities to leverage a, your existing stock, but also B, when you choose to buy more CPMs, they're, they're cheaper as we, as we get into the latter part of January and especially after Valentine's Day in February. And you can get a lot of mileage out of that. Yes, absolutely. In addition to that, be smart. Customer behavior is changing. Buyer behavior is changing. And that means that stuff that previously wasn't super exciting because people had no patience. If it's not in stock, I'm out. That change in behavior means that 
if you do the threading right, in other words, understanding where they're looking and putting the right ads in front of them in other places on the page, you've got an opportunity to take what used to be low value and turn it into value. Zara, did I sum it up right? Yeah, absolutely. And then the one thing, I think you summed it up perfectly. And then the one thing that I kind of deal with every, every day in my day to day is ads don't, don't work for me, right? What happens? You spend you spend $1,000 and you get $500 back. Your return on ad spend is negative. Yeah. So again, as a reminder, those folks who visited the site, who interacted with your feed, you can really, really squeeze that lemon in, in March and April. You get to keep this data for a whole year. And it, I, I don't think there's enough talk about it in the industry about so what if they didn't buy the first time? Right. You you still have those people. Make sure you personalize your product, push them to the right place with the right offer, and they're yours. So revenue might not be made, you know, right away, but there's still so much opportunity to capture. Yeah, re-squeeze the lemon. I, I, I think it's not commonly understood that you can keep that data for a year and reuse it. You know, on the even on the B2B side, I think, you know, like most folks are thinking, you know, what's in this quarter and what's in next quarter. And then if it doesn't happen, then they're out and it's on to net new. You know, here we're saying, hey, let's let's look at what the data mm-hmm. looked like a year ago and maybe come after some of those people. Also, I get to pick the best of the best. Right. Because, mm-hmm. you know, there's low value and then there's low value. So if I if I look at my entire stock, I bet that there are some folks that I'm like, I probably just missed them. I bet if I I bet if I take another shot at them, I I've got a legitimate chance of winning this business. 100%. Yeah. Which is especially important. Like even, even in um, e-tailing, there's such a thing as subscription, right? right? So, you know, I buy, I don't know, uh, disposable razors, right? And then, you know, every month I get a new shipment of razors or every two months, whatever it is. And then I've created a new, a new lifetime customer, which is, you know, I think that e-tailers want that just as much as, as B2B folks, right? Yeah. So like the realization should be everyone is my subscriber, once they click on my site and all I need yeah. to do is present them with content and then they'll get my product. All right. So you've given yeah. us a good education. Definitely appreciate it. I talk to a lot of executives and anyone engaged in the industry has like a couple people that they're like, yeah, if you're, if you're my business, this is a person I believe in has got a, a great message. Are there any other folks you think out there that are sort of doing it right? Or you want to call people listening to this podcast, call their attention to? There's, there's a lot of people doing it right. <laughs> I personally am a big female entrepreneur fan, and I really, really like Sarah Blakely. She's okay. been a role model to me. She just had a really nice exit. It was really nice to, to hear how she treated her employees with a free vacation and a 10 grand, I think. <laughs> hey now, that sounds Bonus good. For everyone. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's amazing. Did she, um, she went public with that? So like, could I find her on like, just LinkedIn or does she have like a, yeah. her own, oh, check. All right. Yeah. She's I the founder of Spanx. If you have, if you have heard yes, about we that. All know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even I, even I, who is not the prime wearer of that product or the prime audience have, have heard of it. Yeah. But it's very interesting to see her as like a business owner, how she went through the ups and downs and she's still alive and kicking. So I really like to yeah. follow her. Okay. And you said, you also mentioned that there's a couple blogs that you read that you think are kind of interesting. We got time for maybe one place you find yourself snooping around. Yeah, well, you know, nothing nothing too amazing. I really like to read data. So blogs that come out of uh, e-marketers are important just to understand the 
you know, the, the lay of the land. I also like Shopify. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Even though they are, you know, marketing to SMBs, there are a couple nuggets that are important. And sometimes I find myself in even use it for our clients on the organic side of things. So yeah, I would say, you know, my best advice for anyone who is looking for content, always look at your competition and see what they're putting out there. <laughs> that's, pretty, <laughs> that's pretty good advice in general. Yeah. All right. Well, it has been my great pleasure having you on Sunny Side Up today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Have a wonderful holiday season and good luck getting those advertisers dreams, making your dreams come true. <laughs> I like that. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Sunny Side Up. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us and subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube and Demand Based TV. 